0: Welcome in. This is the newest edition of the Character Concerns podcast. My name is Christian Ocero, Joined as always by my co-host and my favorite guy here at the radio station because we get to chop it up here about college sports. Jay Binkley. We're almost done with. Man, November, we are. Man, we're almost. We've been doing this now covering this season since all the way in August, getting you guys ready for this upcoming draft in twenty twenty four. And right now, we are nearing the end of the regular season for 2020. Dude, we're getting close to doing this for a year. We started in February last year. Yeah. We're, Remember we're that? Close. All yeah, but it was almost a year. We, we had three months left. Yeah. yeah
1: it was, fe- when did, was it February, I like, think? It was February because we were was, getting ready. It was to- right before the combine. Drafting like, in sitting. We're excited. So. It was
0: the Monday before the combine. That was the very first time that we ever came on to the podcast network okay. here at 610 Sports Radio. And we did the first edition of. Of character concerns. Look at us now. We, we've almost completed our first regular season for college football yeah. together. Covering the hottest prospects. It's more fun doing football. it that way. It's
1: more fun doing the prospects when they're playing. Yes. It, because, you know, we could sit there and look at them afterwards and talk about. It's different if you're watching them play. Yeah. It's different if you're watching the ebbs and flows of the season and seeing the matchups that they're doing. Like I, I've had a lot of fun watching games every week in a different way. Look at the prospects and and see what they're doing. Again, talking about the uh, the teams with all the multiple players. You know, like Washington, for example, the the three maybe first round receivers and Jalen Polk and Jalen yeah. McMillan and Roma yeah. Dunze. And I was talking to Sean Barber about this and other players because you know that's the that's still the mystery to me, Chris. I think it is the biggest mystery now. How are you going to separate? them? Because I always look at what corner because teams, teams do not have three NFL corners no, on their team. yeah, no. If you got, they're playing Alabama, I say, who's Kool-Aid on? Like, who is he playing on? You know, Malik Neighbors. You know, you had a lot of him um, in that LSU game. So, because I do think that some guys are benefiting from having another stud on the roster.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and you certainly see that with those teams that are really loaded. A lot of times there are those situations where one guy benefits from the other, we talked about this last week with Emeka Egbuka and how he could very well be that guy who is benefiting from uh, coverages facing and paying more attention to his teammate Marvin Harrison Jr. than him, and and certainly that could be something that affects his draft stock come April. But um, earlier, I think it was this was actually late last week, a uh, a guy that we very much. Whenever he puts anything out, it is front page news for any of the draft heads out there. Mel Copper Jr. put out his big board for 2024.
1: I think he says the board. He, what he does, and I think a lot of people kind of copy Mel. I mean, oh, yeah. say what they want about He's the Mel. In but I think he puts things out there, and then people will look at it. Maybe they'll agree or disagree, but I think a lot of the mocks, they will ever admit it, but I think a lot of them are based on Mel.
0: Yeah, I think, I think Mel is very much the standard bearer. I think you're right. He is the bar in the industry. And whenever anyone puts a mock out, they're going to try to compare that with what he has. Whenever he puts his first big board out at the beginning of the college football season, all of the people in our position are going to look at that, compare notes, and be like, okay, here's some guys I should watch. And so he put out his list of... Top 10 players for each position. His big board, top 25 guys. And we've got the list here
1: for each position. Real quick, quick. it is interesting that on a different network, Mike Mayock, who is my favorite draft guy. Is is he your favorite draft guy? No, it was. He was. He put out out one mock. He certainly kind of. Yeah, one mock. It was a day before the draft. But I was always curious how that guy is going to be. Because we want to see. How would Mel Kiper do in the front office, right? Right. How would he do? We got to see Mike Mayock in the front office. And yeah. it was abysmal. It was terrible. Not only that, he had advantages because he could literally text every GM. He already knew their tendencies and what they think because he'd been texting them the years before. He was friends now, with a lot of those guys. Guaranteed, they stopped talking to him yeah. when he was a GM, but he failed miserably. So I was always curious how you take a mock guy into an NFL front office and we got to see what happened. But carry on. I'd like to see what Mel Kiper could do.
0: So starting with quarterbacks, again, we, we all know. If you're listening to this podcast, you know – it is an inexact science, what any of us do here. We're going to do some mock drafts here starting next month, and we're probably going to be really wrong on almost every one of those picks. But you never know. Crazy things happen in this industry. Um, but starting with the quarterback position, he obviously has Caleb Williams as his number one overall player in, on his big board and his top quarterback there.
1: I saw a mock today. Caleb Williams going
0: fifth. Who, who, I'm not kidding who you. Who put this out? Who put It this was like SB Nation. <laughs> I care. You
1: know what? I'm not gonna say. You know, was what? it a team blog or was it? No, or was no. It the, Hang or on. Was it straight? Let me SB give Nation, you the, the think, accurate one.
0: I think this is a little ridiculous here. But anyway, they had
1: Drake May going for him. I'm just saying, I hadn't seen that before. But uh, maybe it's this SB Nation one. Hang on. Yeah, SB Nation has Caleb Williams going fifth, and they've got Drake May going third. This one just came Boy. out. SB Nation just put this one out today at 7.30. One other guy. I mean, just, you know, one person. But, a guy. But anyway, it
0: was one of my lead mocks of my uh,
1: stories, but I was just curious where people are putting uh, <laughs>
0: Look, I think that that part of that is like the whole hot it's take. It's hot takey. It's very hot takey. I think it's very much we're going to put this out there to stir up a little bit of, of drama, get people talking about what we're doing, and that's why we're putting it out here. But, I, I mean, let, let's keep it a bug. If, you're, if your mock draft is putting Caleb Williams outside of the top two or three picks, your mock draft's not that valid. Hey, the
1: Giants are loving it.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of teams. There's, I'm sure there's a lot of teams that are sitting there at, at, at that position. And they're like, man, I'd love for Caleb Williams to fall to me at four or five. But I, I don't see that happening. I think at the very minimum, a team will trade up and try to get Caleb Williams. And I just don't think there's a lot of validity to this idea that, uh, that he, he's going to go outside the top three. Like, he's going to go inside the top three for sure, if at very minimum, just so a team trades up so they can get him before anyone else can. Because I guarantee you somebody's watching his film and like, I got to get that quarterback. Somebody's looking at him the same way Veach looked at Mahomes back in 2017. Well, really, it was like 2015. And then in 2017, he's like, we got to get this guy. So I, I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen with K. I mean, he, he's
1: had a good year, and I think it is important he finished the year out and didn't listen to everybody like saying, well, maybe you should just sit the game is out. Yeah, it's that's, that's terrible. Because that, that's a bad look for NFL teams that are about to invest a lot in a quarterback. So I'm glad he, he actually put up decent numbers finishing it out. That defense was just so, so, so bad. bad at yeah. USC. <laughs> but so, you can learn a lot about a player when the chips are down. Yes,
0: yes. And I, I think it was a very good character uh, trait of his to show up and continue to play, even though the season was done, basically. I I do think it's a bad idea when players uh, try to miss games during the regular season. Because I think, again, A, you want to play in as many games as you can because the grind of playing an NFL season, a full 17-game slate, plus any potential playoff games, is really difficult. It's really hard on you, and it does a lot to your body. I mean, I, I I don't know if you saw the newest episode of the franchise from the Chiefs on YouTube, but Rasheed Rice was talking about that, about how he's had to adjust to the grind of having to play a season that is now very quickly approaching being longer than any season he's ever played in his, his career as a football player. So, um, yeah, I commend him, uh, Caleb Williams, and any player. He
1: still put up 384 <laughs> yeah. yards and a lost to UCLA. Um, his last couple games, 384, 3 or 291, 312, 369. Keep in mind this is going down the stretch, so and seven touchdowns. So he hadn't exactly folded the folded camp up.
0: No. So, so no, no, speak. he's he's still out there. He's out there playing his best. Uh to round out the quarterbacks, they've got Drake May at number two, which is not shocking. I I I, I very much think that there is a, a camp of people out there that are very, very high on Drake May. Even though I don't think the production is quite as impressive as some of these other guys out there, I think it's a measurable thing for him. So that's why I think uh, that's why I think a lot of people have him at two. Number three, though, very surprising: Shador Sanders out of Colorado. He's all
1: but said he's coming back.
0: Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's like to me, it's like at this point now, what maybe every hint is that he's going to come back and try to be that top quarterback he, next year, unless Dion goes somewhere else and he realizes, hey, do I want to suffer? Cause he
1: got hurt in this last game. Uh, Shadour did, he got taken out of the game and they put a backup quarterback in. But if he's looking and thinking, all right, do you want to play in front of a college line or go play in the NFL? But it depends on what Dion does. Yeah. Like if Dion goes elsewhere, which he could, I don't think he does, but he could. I don't, yeah, I
0: don't think he does Shadour either.
1: Shadour Sanders, I think it's still up in the air with him. I think he's definitely leaning towards coming back. But don't be surprised if he jumps the NFL.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. Uh, another guy, number four, Jaden Daniels at LSU. I, I get it. He's got some really gaudy numbers and whatnot. I still think as a passer... There's a lot of work to be done with him as far as like pocket presence goes and mechanics goes, but I do like the energy he brings as far as his ability to run, he does have a good arm, you know, he's one of those guys that I, as far as like the physical traits go, he has all the physical traits you want in a in an NFL quarterback. He leads quarterback. the SEC in passing yards. Yeah. He's number two in rushing. Yeah, he's putting I mean, a lot of numbers. I mean, he's ridiculous. He has what he's the doing. most touchdowns right now. He's in number the one FBS. Heisman guy. Yeah, he's he's the most touchdowns in the FBS right now. I think he's got forty six on the year. So he's the number one uh,
1: Heisman uh, contender at this point. He just puts up these Johnny Manziel type yeah. numbers, dual threat numbers that that he does. I mean, you look at his stat line after every game. And they played Georgia State this past week. It is a Division One team, but still, you're looking at a guy that 4-13-6, and, and he had 96 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. I mean, yeah. it just it's why he vaulted, he's vaulted up to a lot of Heisman number one uh, odds.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and he's very much earned that because he has been incredibly productive. So moving on to running backs there, number one, Autrick Estime, a guy that I think we both have talked about extensively about being probably the top running back in this draft class. Um, not my favorite running back at this draft class. It's actually the guy that Mel Kiper had, Jr. had at number two for running backs, which was Jonathan Brooks, running back out of Texas. Um, but one thing that really kind of interests me though is uh, the fall of Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards as far as where they are. I mean, at this point now, I'm not sure. I'm not sure either of those guys go second day. I I'm think not, Blake Corum. Blake Corum is still fun to watch. Yeah, he's still fun to watch, but he's not as effective as he was in previous Well, Donovan years. Smith's
1: numbers really came down, and I thought oh, that was time, the yeah. best college backfield, but he, he's proven he can catch the ball still. Yeah. I mean, he catches the ball out of the backfield still, but I like what he can do. But Blake Quorum's one of those guys, too, that you know, he's still a big part of what Michigan does. He's still a big part of them You know, being undefeated, sitting at 888 yards. He's not going to get the 1463 he had no. last year. It is yards per carry. He's down to four point nine, and that's uh, that's very
0: concerning. I think is the drop in actual yards per carry because he, especially lately, like you're seeing a lot of games where he's averaging like in the low fours, high threes per game, and, and they keep running the ball. They, they're yeah. giving him the, them the ball more than uh, their JJ McCarthy. JJ's not. T- he's barely. He's bare, I mean, he right now they're using JJ McCarthy as a game manager, like a game manager. They want to not like p- like a. Like a a Malik Willis for the Titans, like when he came in and played the Chiefs last year, they're using J.J. McCarthy kind of that same way, and it's weird, because this is a guy that a lot of people thought was going to be a first-round quarterback, so, um, and it's, I mean, it's good for those guys uh, in, in Corum and Edwards to get those touches, but those guys really aren't, like, killing it the way that you would think well, and Edwards would is that ju- kind has, of usage.
1: His slid from 7-1 to 3-4, as far as rushing, 3.4 yeah. per carry, but... The 24 catches, which is the career high for 225 yards. So he's showing that ability not only to block but catch out of the backfield.
0: Moving on to uh, wide receivers. Obviously, number one, Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State. Number two, Romo Dunze out of Washington. Huge game. Yeah. yeah. In the, in the range. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, he's, he's very clearly the best receiver they have in Washington, which it's a loaded wide receiving core there, anyways. Um, Keon Coleman, number three, wide receiver out of, uh, out of Florida State. He's, I think he's kind of the unicorn in this draft class because he's a 6'4 wide receiver with, I mean, like I said, I think he, he might be a 4'4 guy at 6'4. And you're talking about a guy who's fast enough to be a return man at the collegiate level. So that's saying a lot. I mean, he hell he might be he might be even a four three. Which if he's four three, there's no way in hell the Chiefs are going to be able to get him unless they trade way up to go get him. It's been five games since
1: he's had over 100 yards, but I think a lot of that dictates by you know kind of the game plan and what they're doing. Yeah. And it's gonna be interesting to see what he does now without Jordan Travis as quarterback. That's hurt. yeah,
0: just yeah that that knee injury that he had this past weekend. I'm also really concerned about that just because, uh, yeah, I mean obviously Jordan Travis you know looks like his career's done. And, you know, you, you feel bad for him. But, you know, at the same time, like, now things are going to change with Johnny Wilson Jr. and, and Keon Coleman and Jaheem Bell as well. So uh, He was the big play wide receiver uh, this last week and for yes, four State. Yeah, so that'll be really interesting to see. One thing that I'm going to get confused by uh, at four He's got Malik Neighbors, wide receiver at LSU, and I've look. I've raved about him all year long. I call him Mr. Consistent. He's my second favorite receiver. He is by far my second face, second best favorite receiver in this draft class. I would be so happy if he was sitting there in like the late teens. I would implore the Chiefs with every ounce of my being to trade up and go get this
1: man. Trade up for Keon. Trade up for Malik Neighbors. Couple guys, Xavier Worthy could stay put. Uh, Brian Thomas Davis, their seventh. He's the other guy at LSU again. Li- was leading but in but he's touch not young. really the other guy. He's he's, a, he's
0: he's a producer by himself. He's a stud. Just
1: curious. Again, a lot we're seeing a lot of multiple receivers for each team. Yeah, yeah. But the Chiefs could stay put and get some of these guys. Yeah, now they have to move up nearly twenties, maybe even higher for Malik Neighbors. I, I think. I think, or higher. Keon I, I, don't, I think I
0: I think. I. I believe Malik Neighbors will be off the board before Keon Coleman if, unless Keon Coleman runs a sub four five forty. If Keon Coleman runs a sub four five forty, he'll go before Neighbors. If not, then I believe that uh, that uh, he will be there. So, tight ends. Obviously, Brock Bowers is number one. And Jatavius Sanders out of Texas yeah, banged is Banged up a little two. bit this past week. Yeah, a little bit banged up. And his production's kind of waned off a little bit. You know, bit. a lot of
1: people were recommending he sit out the rest of the year, but he wanted to play. I yeah. think that shows a lot about Brock yeah. Bowers. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, no. All those guys are, are – there's a lot of respect when you go out there as a student athlete and keep playing, even though there's financial incentive for you to sit. So, uh, yeah, Bowers, though, obviously he's clear-cut number one tight end. Uh, Jatavian Sanders, clear-cut number two. Um, then you look at the rest of these uh, rankings here, and it's like Cade Stover from Iowa State, Luke La- La- Lachey from Iowa, and, I mean, really none of these other names outside of the I think Jaheim Bell deserves to be on here. I, I think so, too. I think so, too. I, I think you look at the rest of these tight ends, it's like nothing about the rest of these guys kind of pops off the screen. But I do agree with you. I think Jaheim Bell, from an athletic standpoint, is someone that'll be really interesting. He was
1: almost 30 yards of reception last week.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you get that from your tight end. That's interesting. For offensive tackles, um, Fashanu is his number one tackle. Who? That's my favorite consensus, tackle in this yeah. draft class. Uh, that's the consensus top tackle in the, in the class. Joe Alt, number two. Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma is the third uh, tackle here. I mean, really, you look at this like J.C. Latham at four. Jordan Morgan out of Arizona at five. Amarius Mims out of Georgia. Who some people think is better than Broderick Jones, who who's had the Brock Bowers injury, the high ankle, and yeah. had the tightrope
1: surgery in back. Yeah, like, a like you at-, at Oregon State, I almost like him in the top five. To be honest yeah, you.
0: yeah. You look at all these names, and it's like this is a really good tackle class. Like I think, I think if you're if you need a tackle this year, which I again I, I'm not confident the Chiefs are going to be one of those teams that goes after that because of Wanye, but if you need a tackle. This is a really good tackle class, like especially late first, early second. I think you can get some good value there. Um, surprisingly, none of the Miami guys are on here as well, like Maui Goa and Zion uh, Zion Nelson. I think those two guys are going to be really good tackles as well. So, um, onto the edge rushers. Um, his top edge rusher, and this is for def- pure defensive ends. He splits defensive ends and outside linebackers. Uh, I kind of think that's a bit dated now because it's you know now it's just pure edge rushers. Um, But his top defensive end is JT Tuumaloao out of Ohio State, followed by Landon Jackson, Jared Verse, uh, Adisa Isaac, and Darius Robinson. So the pure defensive end class, not that great. I mean, tu- Tuumaloao and, uh, and Verse are your two guys there that pop out that we've talked about a lot. As far as outside linebackers who are edge rushers, uh, Liatu Latu, out of ucla your guy my guy been on him since day one um dallas turner at alabama guy that you really like uh he's another one that that jumps out there um chris braswell the guy on the other side of the of the defensive line there for alabama um he's on that that list chop robinson as well who hasn't quite had the year i think a lot of people been hurt back and forth was able to come back last week and looked okay yeah not great look okay Jonah Ellis out of uh, Utah oh, two is another ago, name yeah. there. So I, I think the outside linebacker class is a little bit more enticing than the uh, defensive end class. But, again, this is these are all edge rushers, and this is where the value is. And I actually think this is a pretty good edge rush class. If the Chiefs needed an edge rusher, I think this would be a really good year to get one. I just don't think they need one. Like I think they've spent enough draft capital the last few years filling out their defensive line, so – Um, maybe if they want to go get a rotational guy on the third day, I'd be cool with that. But, yeah, I think they're good there. Defensive tackles. A little bit surprising here. He's got Tavondre Sweat out of Texas as his top tackle with Jerzon Newton from Illinois as his number two. I kind of got that flipped. I think it's going to be Jerzon Newton first, then Tavondre Sweat. But I I get it with Tavondre because the size, the strength, He's got a lot of the measurables you really like there. Um, Leonard Taylor the third out of Miami is another guy that he has on there at number three. Tyleek Williams, Ohio State. Not sure the Chiefs will take him, but Tyleek is a guy that you really look at as a potential steal at defensive tackle. I think probably second day is when he goes, maybe like somewhere in the early to mid-second round. Um, and then Chris Jenkins out of Michigan.
1: Which um, I would have him in the, in the top five. I know he's yeah. sitting at five right now, but top three, I'd move him up. Yeah. I like Christine. He's a big part of how good the defense Me too. is in Michigan. I,
0: I I like him a lot too. I think he is he's he's got uh the size you like. I mean he's he was on um I think he was on the freaks list that Dana Brugler put out earlier this year to kind of lead into the college football season. Like from an athletic standpoint, he's got everything the Chiefs love about defensive linemen there. And this is a guy that played with Mozzie Smith last year at Michigan and This is a guy that's just used to being an anchor on a defensive line. So um, I think that gives him a lot of value. And if the Chiefs were to go with him in like the second round, I'd be cool with that. Cornerbacks. Cooper DeJean out of Iowa is his top cornerback. Very unfortunate situation. Returns
1: kicks, corner. He's out for the year with an injury, uh, lower leg, broken fibula. Yes. So bad news. I mean, that's an injury that'll keep you out of the combine as well.
0: Yeah, and so there's... But I the th- number one corner. Yeah, I, I wonder if, like, how that'll play in with his value. Because it's, he's obviously not going to be doing any any workouts at the combine or anything. He's basically just going to be based solely off of tape, medicals, and interviews. There's not going to be the, the whole workout process there
1: might slide behind slide behind kool-aid mckinstry
0: yeah and i, I kind of feel like that might be the, the case at alabama yeah yeah I, I think that might be the case there i think kool-aid might end up being the top taken corner just because teams don't have that extra added security of knowing that they've got a cornerback that they know is healthy and they know what his measurables are from a physical standpoint um Hey, yeah, Kool-Aid's number two as far as corners go on on the uh, list for uh, Kuyper. And then he's got Kamari Lasseter from Georgia as his third uh, corner. Nate Wiggins as his fourth corner. And then Denzel Burke in as his fifth corner. So I actually think this is a really good corner class as well. Another guy who's number eighth on his list, Kalen King out of Penn State. That's another guy I really like. Terry Arnold from Alabama at number seven. Could be a sleeper in this draft. I like draft. him, but
1: again, it comes down to... Which he was on Brian Thomas a lot at LSU, and Malik Neighbors saw a lot of Kool Aid right in that game. But again, it's one of those deals you have to figure out. All right, Terry and Arnold, Kool Aid, McKenzie, who did they have on the best receiver? Yeah, and we've seen uh, Kool Aid on a lot of them. But you know what, Terry and Arnold's been playing on a lot of them, and their star yeah. player Malachi Moore uh, has been playing a lot in the nickel at um, mm-hmm. that position. People might remember um, Barnes from uh, Detroit that got the. Uh, Branch. Brian Branch. Brian Branch. Brian Branch. Yeah. They got the pick six against the Chiefs. It was that same yeah. star position in Alabama. Yeah, and the
0: Chiefs like to use that too with, you know, using that that star position there with the but third Brian safety. Branch was a really good one. Yeah. Um, then as far as safeties go, I mean, I think this really is kind of fluid because I think there's a, there's a really good safety class as well. Um, Cameron Kitchens is ranked number one on his safeties list. Agree. Followed by Tyler Newbin. I actually like Tyler Newbin from Minnesota a little better than Kitchens, but... Um, I think Kinchins will be really good. Newbin, he just has the ball, heart, ball hawk ability that I think is so valuable in the game today, uh, especially because of the fact that like today now there's still there's a lot of speed out there on the field and teams are trying to find ways to get those big chunk plays, even with every team running two deep safeties. So having a guy like like him who can be a ball hawk type safety so valuable. Um, and then Javon Buller from Georgia, Jalen really like. Simpson from Auburn, really like James Williams from from Miami. Yeah, For I, versatility I, purposes. Yeah, all these guys are really good. New age safety. Yeah, and and that's kind of what you and, – and here's the thing about these DBs is like the thing that you're going to have to notice about these guys is like tackling is going to be so much more paramount now with teams trying to get their position players into space. So um, tackling is going to be more important now than ever. Uh, ball hawking ability is obviously going to be big and, uh, you know, discipline can't get those bad penalties. Can't get the, the DPI's, the holding calls, things like that. Cause those are drive extenders and they make it tough for your defense. So, um, now these DBs have a lot more to worry about than they did 20 years ago. Um, so yeah, that's the, uh, prospect list, the rankings for each position, you know, on Mel Kuiper's big board, um, you can obviously go to ESPN.com if you want to check out that, that his his top twenty five players. And I really like the safeties.
1: Like again, my favorite draft pick by the Chiefs was Shamari Connor because he played safety, yeah. played in the nickel. Again, that versatility. Played. He's a utility safety to be able to stand and go in the, the nickel is huge.
0: Yes, yeah. And and you know, I think that's really kind of that's one of the things I noticed when I was doing work for PFF last year. Uh, you know, doing you know watching game film and whatnot is just how many teams basically had three safeties on the field one safety would play in that kind of star position there playing slot um kind of a pseudo slot outside linebacker position and they basically just kind of switched based on whatever the the strong side of the defense was i mean of the offense was and it's just so interesting to see how versatile you have to be especially as a safety like nowadays i think you could make a good case that like playing safety can tend to be more difficult than even playing corner because well, of how much zone is played. And, they're also outside linebackers yes. too, because yeah.
1: and that's what quarterbacks hate. Tom Brady's mentioned it mm-hmm. back when he played and Mahomes has mentioned, you, know, you had these safeties weren't linebacker numbers and linebackers weren't safety numbers. So you can't tell, okay, yeah. they have a linebacker there or yeah. safety.
0: Yeah. That's why you gotta, you gotta make sure you memorize the other team's roster so you yeah. know who's playing what. So you kind of get an idea of what kind of formations they're running. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, I definitely think that's, that's uh, an incredibly interesting um, positional rankings for each list, and I think that could be a good barometer for how we rank players from here on out. Um, so I want to get to the prospect, prospect recap. Starting off with a game I attended, I was at Florida, Mizzou this weekend. Oh, that's weekend. right. You were down there for that. I was down. I was in Como for it. The Graham Mertz crew, the quarterback yes, of Florida. Graham Mertz decided he wanted to. actually had a good year. He actually had a pretty good year. I mean, he tried to be Tim Tebow at the very end he's of He's out for the and year. And but broke his collarbone. He's wearing his number. Yeah. I mean, uh, Richardson did, too, last year. That might just be the quarterback. I got this defender now. wearing it, too. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I was at this game. I got to see Luther Burden in person. Uh, he had nine catches, 158 yards. Um, he was so great. But he was, a, he, he was not. He's, I'm telling you this. He's not used as well as he could be. No, he, he was
1: underused. And yes. these numbers even could have been better. He did have the fourth and seventeen, probably the play of the year yes, for Missouri. That was the play of the, the year. 27 yard sure. gain for the Tigers.
0: Yeah, not only. I mean, like they they misuse him. They throw too many screen passes with him. And look, he's great in space. But if you do it too often, you know, good teams are going to be able to take advantage of that, and you know, be able to prevent those big gains. He's really great down the field. You know, he's you know you get one on one with him on the outside there, uh, matchup nightmare. Um, yeah, he's he's the truth. He's he's going to be the best receiver in next year's draft class. Cody Schrader, their running back, twenty three, one forty eight, and a touchdown. He was great. Uh, again, I, I even though he had twenty three carries, I thought he was underutilized and misutilized. They ran too much between the tackles with him, and when they run those outside zone runs, he's so great. He's got a great eye. Uh, he reminds me of Deuce Vaughn, man. Or Austin Eckler. He yeah, he's a little dude, but he reminds me a lot of those smaller archetype guys. Played Division two at Truman State. He
1: did not have 100 yards in a game last year. He's got six already this year. Yeah, he leads great. the SEC in rushing, and he's catching the ball at the backfield. But, man, he's a one-cut guy. I like that. He didn't dance. It's one cut and go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One cut and go.
0: He's not. Yeah, He's not trying to do too much. He's not overthinking it. He doesn't run scared. He gets the ball and he go. And he he he's a guy like he's not afraid. He, like I, I think the Eckler comparison might be better than my Deuce one, because like you know Eckler when he gets the ball, like that first hit, he doesn't go down. He keeps fighting. That's how I think it is with uh, with Schrader too. He's got that heart, man. It's yeah. hard to
1: bring him down. I mean, he plays with that zest, man. Yeah, I think he's he really does. really shooting up. I mean, could it be a late. Pick, yeah. Probably, probably a third-day pick. Could yeah. it be a high-priority under, under under the free agent? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't One think way he's going to make go some money. Far.
0: I don't think it's going to go that far. I think he's drafted probably fifth, sixth round, but I think there's a lot of value in having a guy like him because he can do everything. He can, he can catch. He can run. He's pretty decent at pass pro. Not great, but pretty decent. But, yeah, he can do a lot of things. Um, Chris Abrams, Chris Abrams drained the corner that they have there at Mizzou. Six tackles, including a tackle for loss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got banged up on a play with Graham Mertz, He did get banged up on Where that three play. players were hurt, including Graham Yes, yes. I'm going to tell you this right now. At the very minimum, Abrams Drain will have a job in the league for a few years, for a oh, little yeah. bit, because he can tackle. He's tough and tack Yeah, he you're right. He comes up and makes hits. He can tackle. And I've I said this so much so all year ones. long. All year long about the Chiefs. is like the thing that makes their defense so great, just from a basic standpoint, is tackling. They just don't, if... if if they're in your area, open field tackles, down. You want to throw that screen pass, get you down. You obviously saw that with the, um, in, in the Dolphins game where uh, McDuffie forces the fumble and ends up getting the game-winning touchdown with Brian Cook. Like, that stuff right there gives so much value to corners. And Abrams Drain, he can do that in space. I think that's one of his best characteristics is being able to come up and tackle and being that hard hitter. So he was very impressive in that game. I was like, stop running it to his side. And then uh, Ricky Pierce had two catches for 72. A lot of explosiveness. Didn't get enough targets in that game, but you, you saw the production. Um, K-State had Ben Sennett, four catches for 38 and a touchdown. And he's um, really
1: starting to emerge. I mean, I yeah. know you've liked him all year, but he looks like a pro towards the end of the year. Yes. Making yes. cuts, the routes he's running. The smooth, he catches he can with his hands, everywhere. not the body. I yes. mean, he can he's line up really everywhere. impressive.
0: Yeah, he's not putting up like gaudy numbers like Brock Bowers has been no, throughout the year. No, but you can tell
1: he's, he's a pro. He's
0: a pro. He is very much a pro. That's a guy that, like, he's well, not going to get a ton of fanfare, but he's going to be so good. He's dead like Kleiman, I think, from the high school days. If yeah. he was going to follow him in North Dakota State, follow him to K-State. What a story. That is a good story. That's a great story. I, I think Senate's going to be great. Brock Bowers, uh, the top tight end in the draft class for Georgia. Seven catches, 60 yards. He looked, uh, like I said. He, got banged he's, up again. Yeah, he's still working through some things. Obviously, you know, it'll call into question just how much he wants to uh, continue to keep playing with potential money lost in the situation. But, again, I think he looks good in how he has performed throughout the year and the fact that he's got that heart to keep playing. Um, moving on to the Ohio State game, you had. Marvin Harrison Jr., who had three catches for 30 yards and a touchdown. So, very modest performance by him in this game. But
1: that's what he does, though. He's, it's what he's doing lately. But at the end of the day, he's got a touchdown. I mean, he's still contributing. He's not disappearing. Like, he's still productive. All he does is get touchdowns. I mean, yep. it's. I think he's one of the best players in college football. I think he, if not the best, uh, with Bowers. Yeah. But uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., and you have to look at it, man. He's got a touchdown now, and – uh Seven straight games? Yeah, I think so. Seven straight games, yeah. multi, and two, three of them. So even though he might have, you know, 30 yards, still a touchdown, I mean, the guy just is
0: unbelievable. His teammate, Emeka Egbuka, had five catches, 83 yards. He led the wide receiver room for Ohio State in ca- in uh, catches and in, in touchdown, I mean, catches in yards. So he finally had his game where he was the leader of the, of the group there, though it need hasn't that. been that many of them. He does need it. Um, J.J. McCarthy, again, we talked about this when we were doing our our, uh, our initial, you know, we were talking about the, the big board there for Kuyper. McCarthy's basically been relegated to being a, a game manager. Well, he
1: had, what, eight passes two weeks ago with yeah, 60 yards against Penn State? Yeah, eight passes. I mean, he has gone from, like, third in the Heisman rankings in FanDuel to, He's like, bottoming sixth out. or seventh now, or yeah. eighth.
0: 12 for 23, 141 in a pick. That's it. I mean, that's like Zach Wilson numbers. And for when, the, for the when, when Harbaugh's there coaching the game, it's different. It's just weird. Like, it makes no sense why they've gone away from him. Unless, there has to be some sort of injury And they're or using something. running backs like, that aren't getting the
1: job done either.
0: Yeah. Their running backs haven't been really, really uh, playing that well. And you look at their offense, it doesn't feel like it has the same punch power that it had before. It's just really weird what's happening in Michigan. And I, I really think that now if you're a scout for these teams who's looking at a quarterback, if you're an offensive coordinator, if you're a quarterback's coach, you're a head coach, GM, you're looking at that situation. And you're like, I don't know, if, I, I don't know. I wonder now because we talked about this with the sign stealing thing. I wonder now just how important the sign stealing thing was to McCarthy's success. I don't. We can't quantify that. But some people don't talk about. We can't. Quantify. They always talk about hardball, hardball, hardball. But yeah. let's look at the players too. Yeah, we can't. Like obviously, we cannot quantify how much the help was because we don't know what the help was. But, man, it doesn't look good for well, him. Well, if you know
1: someone's in a cover two or cover three. Exactly. Or,
0: it helps you out because you know, okay, if it's cover two, it's this route. If it's cover three, it's this route. But Michigan of wins with that defense. Number yeah. one defense, nine points a game is all they give up. I mean, it's yeah. insane. And that'll, that'll allow them to be competitive against every team that they play against. But you do have to wonder now just how much that helped J.J. McCarthy. And I, even if it's not fair. It's going to be something that teams ask, especially during the interview process. I
1: think it's an under-talked-about thing. Everybody's hardball. hardball, hardball. What about the players? How much did they benefit from knowing what the signs were?
0: Yeah, so Blit Quorum, their running back, their their top running back, 28 carries for 94 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Not very efficient with his carries there. I mean, didn't even get 100 rushing yards in the game. Donovan Edwards, his backup, 11 carries for 39 yards. So, again, both these guys are under- I mean, in this case for Quorum, he's under three yards per carry, and Donovan Edwards is under four yards per carry in this game. And With twenty-eight you
1: know, carries for Quorum though. Yeah. I mean <laughs> and they, eleven for Edwards. Thirty-nine They combined carries.
0: for less than 140 yards right. on almost forty carries.
1: Against Maryland.
0: Against Maryland. I was watching that game, I was like, what Michigan team is this? <laughs> like it was <laughs> every team's got those games. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, for their sake, I hope they figure it out, but man, it just does not look that good. As far as their draft stock goes, and as far as uh, kind of batting away the questions about the sign stealing aspect, um, for Florida State, Jaheim i mean, uh, uh, Jaheem Bell, two catches, fifty-nine yards, explosive, almost thirty yards a, a 30, reception there. Yeah. Uh, Keon Coleman, three catches, fifty-three yards and a touchdown, a little under
1: eighteen yards of carry. Yeah, a catch. so
0: you'll you'll take that. That's that's explosiveness that you like for Johnny Wilson Jr uh 3 for 35 that's that's his game like he's not going to be an explosive wide receiver he's going to be a guy i think at the at the NFL level is going to be a Mike Evans type red a lot red zone of threat, 67 exactly like just super tall red zone threat uh i he's going to be the king of the back shoulder fade i think and and the the uh you know the deep pass along the seams there i think that's where he's going to his money's going to be made um but yeah like you know he's he's going to have a lot of value there and i, I think that's a pretty uh, decent stat line for him continuing to get that production um, for Washington Michael Penix jr 13 for 28 162 yards two touchdowns his production has started to drop over the last few weeks a little bit um, but it was
1: a rainy night yeah in Corvallis Oregon right. I mean, Oregon again some guys excel in that kind of weather and if the NFL teams want a player that can play well in rain right like tonight, you see Jalen. Well, you see Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Holmes, hearing.
0: and it's like it's funny. You think that the weather is going to ruin the the scoring in that game, and watch those two two teams score like almost thirty, yeah. almost thirty tonight.
1: It doesn't bother the good ones.
0: Yes, yeah. Uh Their running back, Dylan Johnson, eight, 16 carries for eighty nine yards. So he's starting to get a little bit of consistent production there. Romo Dunze, their top wide receiver, great catches, seven catches, hundred six yards. I mean, what
1: his placement, the way he runs his routes, the catches. I mean he's showing why he could be the top receiver draft. Yes,
0: yeah. I think he's definitely putting himself into that discussion of being that number two on a consistent rate. I think there's going to be a lot of talk about him, Keon Coleman, and Malik Neighbors as being that number two wide receiver, and I think the combine is going to be so important for those guys. Like, that's going to be, I think, the make or break for those guys. Um, DJ Uigalale, the uh, quarterback on the other side there in that Washington-Oregon State game, uh, he had a, 15 for 31, 164 yards, two picks. He also ran for six times for 53 yards. Um Big I, dude played the Clemson. Yeah, like he's he's been there, he's done that. I, I think he's like late, late round guy. I think he's going to be someone. He could be like a uh, the next Joshua Dobbs type, DTR type, those backup like kind of those super backup guys that you hear a lot of hype about and they come in and they perform well. Probably not going to be a, a career starter, but I think a, a good backup is, is, a, is a, I think he could be a good backup in the league, a quarterback. Um, Bo Nix, a guy that I think both of us think will be a very good starter in the NFL. Uh, 29, for, 24 of 49 for 404 yards. He had six touchdowns in the first half of that game. Yeah, Bo
1: Nix, climb, climb, climb. He's, what, second on a lot of Heisman lists. Yes,
0: I think he deserve. I, I think you would make a very, very good case for him being t- on top. Even though Jaden Daniels is killing it right now. I don't think he is I think Jaden Daniels has a lot more help around him than Bo Nix does. So I think you can make a case for Bo Nix as the as the Heisman, even though I would give it to Jaden. Um, his top receiver, a guy that we talked about last year as a rise, I mean last week as a riser or a moneymaker, his uh, top wide receiver is Troy Franklin. He had eight catches, 121 yards, two touchdowns. And now you're starting to see people in Chiefs' kingdom who are in the draft circles, the Matt Lanes from Kansas, from the KCSN, talking about Franklin as a potential Chiefs-wide receiver in the first round.
1: Franklin has gone from third, fourth round to a first-round possible
0: Very guy. quickly. Very quickly.
1: I mean, he leads the way for the Oregon Ducks, who could be undefeated if uh, Dan Lanning didn't coach like Brandon Staley against Washington.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you this, man. Like, I like Troy. I like... I think he's got he's got the kind of speed that the Chiefs like at wide receiver. Um, he is that deep threat that I think the Chiefs need, and uh, you know the way that he's he just he's a very reliable receiver for a team that loves to throw the football down the field. A lot of explosive passing plays, all about the air raid. I mean, that's what they do. I I, I really think Troy Franklin could be a, a very strong option for the Chiefs at the back end of that first round. If there is that big run on wide receivers, I think we both think it's a six two. Got yeah. a good size, yeah. He's got the this the big thing for him is gonna be the forty time. I think that's gonna be big for him. The now, Puka didn't time? have a good one and he looked where he went. Yeah, but he yeah, he went fifth round and you know, value kinda of hurt him, but there's there's a lot that Troy Franklin does. Quinn Ewers, quarterback of Texas, twenty three of thirty three, two hundred and eighty one yards, two touchdowns.
1: Who said basically he might be coming back? Yeah. Which I think makes it interesting for Arch Manning. Yeah. But Quinn Ewers, actually, I mean, I have him slot as a first-round quarterback, but there is talk about him coming back. I can see that,
0: but I kind of feel, I I think Quinn is just trying to kind of play it coy and not commit because, I mean, A, I think Texas fans want him gone. I think the hype for Arch Manning is something that Texas fans want to see. And I think for Quinn, I think it's probably better for him to just – I mean, he's got a first-round value. I think if you got a first-round grade at quarterback, go into the draft. Especially because, like, even if you're not a top-ten pick, there's value in going to a team that's better. Agree,
1: catch the wave, man.
0: Yeah, go to a team that's better that just needs a young quarterback that they can develop. If he can go to a team like the Vikings, it would be a great situation for him, you know? If he can go to a – he, he, there's a lot of competitive teams in this league right now that could use a quarterback. I, I could see San Fran going after him. And I, I think there would be a lot of value there. So, I, I if I were you, I'd, I'd be trying to get out. I think it's a great position to be uh, a mid-first-round guy because there's better teams to go to. Um, his top receiver, Xavier Worthy, four catches for 77 yards. His tight end, Jatavian Sanders, two catches for 32 yards. So, Jatavian – not explosive, not putting up great numbers, but still, you know, you wonder about that ankle injury. But Xavier Worthy's been very consistent as their top wide receiver. He's mocked Texas. the
1: Chiefs quite a bit.
0: Yes, yes. Um, he can return as well. Yeah, he can return as well, which, again, tons of value because the Chiefs very much value the return game. Um, then we get to the Heisman leader, Jaden Daniels. You brought up this stat line already, 25 of 30. 413 passing yards, 6 passing touchdowns, 10 carries, 96 yards rushing, 2 rushing touchdowns. 8, eight, touchdowns, eight, touchdowns, eight man. touchdowns, man. I said this before.
1: Video game numbers he puts up every week.
0: I said this before. Jaden Daniels, I think, is going to be a a second round, maybe I think now he he might be a first round guy who some team's going to draft and stash we got seven
1: quarterbacks, a record. Yeah. We'll see what happens.
0: He might be a draft and stash quarterback. We
1: might have a record wide receiver and quarterback first round.
0: Yeah, I'll say this. I just hope he doesn't. I hope he goes to the NFC, man. There's so many damn quarterbacks in the AFC. Like, this is a guy I think has a lot of potential to be an electric starter. He could be a Jalen Hurts type. And, uh, you know, you end up being another Jalen Hurts type. There's a lot of value in that. (laughs) Uh, his top receiver, Malik Neighbors, had eight catches for 140 yards, two touchdowns, Mr. Consistent. Your guy, Brian Thomas Jr., had four catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, their top two guys combined for 243 Second nation yards. touchdowns now. Nasty. Um, yeah, Brian, Tom- Brian Thomas Jr., he's going to be, I think, a steal. I don't think he's going to be a first-round guy. I think he's going to be a second-round guy. Uh, Autrick Estime, probably the top running back in, uh, in all of college football. 22 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. And then Drake May, quarterback for UNC, 16 of 36 for 209 yards. That was a rough game against Clemson. Touchdown, interception. He's had a few games like that this year where it's just like nothing eye-popping from a number standpoint. But
1: again. It just shows you what it never, things could happen in the next year. Then he had to come back this year and play. Right. But you know, Josh Allen you know, had a better second year than he did his third year. He did,
0: yeah. And, I mean, I mean, we saw that with, like, Trey Lance and uh, Jordan Love as well. Both Trey guys. Lance only played
1: one game last <laughs> yeah, year at yeah. North Coast State. Exactly.
0: So, it's like a lot of those guys going into the draft, their last years weren't great. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think very many teams are going to hold it over Dreg May just because I think it's more of a measurable thing than it is a production thing. Uh, so, moving on to moneymakers, two guys that I that jump out to me as guys who have made themselves some money. First, Jaden Daniels, obviously. Again, he leads the FBS with 36 touchdown passes. He has 46 touchdowns on the year. He has 800 more yards than any player in college football. Incredible uh, transfer portal quarterback. People
1: like talking about that. He that an Arizona, Arizona this was State. a Herm
0: Edwards guy at Arizona State. That's right. And he transferred over to LSU, which LSU has done really well with transfer quarterbacks. Obviously, see Joe Burrow as well, who transferred from Ohio State. And I mean, it's just incredible seeing the ascension that Jaden Daniels has had. What was he at the beginning of the year, like fourth in Heisman odds? I
1: think
0: yeah. fourth Six, to sixth. Fourth yeah. yeah.
1: And now all of a sudden, he just
0: jumps. He's the top guy, and he now. would
1: be the top of LSU if Phyllis,
0: you didn't have the, uh,
1: the three losses.
0: Oh yeah, like, and I still, I, th- I think at this point now he's probably put himself in position to win it because, like, I mean, it's him, it's Bo Nix. Michael Penix Jr. is. Is there anybody else that you would put up there? Um, I got Marvin Harrison
1: Jr. just because I think he's just such a yeah. playmaker there, and Carson Beck that I think is yeah, really Carson starting Beck to show. Still really good. With he's really climbing. Like you talk about quarterbacks climbing. Carson Beck, no one you would expect from him because it's been Stetson Bennett, but man, Carson Beck is coming in, stepping in right there, and uh, leading Georgia yeah. some big wins last couple weeks. Yeah. The other guy and it without Bowers a couple games. Yeah, I know.
0: Yeah, he did a really good job helping McConkey get get acclimated when McConkey wasn't having quite the best year. Uh, the other guy I would have is uh, Xavier Watts, safety out of Notre Dame. Uh, seven picks on the year leads the FBS. He's got five picks in his last four games. Didn't have one this past weekend, but in the previous three games, five picks. Yeah, five in the last four. Yeah, five picks. He is just he is being he right now, especially at the safety spot. Because that's a position, generally, it's more so corners at the college level. Ball man. But there's a lot of value in being a ball hawk there. Moving on to our watch list for the week. Starting out, TCU versus Oklahoma. Um, two guys to look out for. One being Tyler Guyton, the tackle that we pointed out were uh, was being mocked to the Chiefs in one of the drafts. Um, the other being center Andrew Rehm.
1: Yeah, both, both offensive linemen for Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of become a school... That has produced a lot of really good offensive linemen in the league. Chiefs grabbed Wanya e. Morris from there. Yeah, they got Wanya e. Morris. Then. And Orlando was there, too. Orlando Browns were there. Creed Humphreys from there. Uh, they they just, again, we talked about last week, you want to get an offensive lineman. Oklahoma seems to be a good spot for it. Um, Miami taking on Boston College. They have two tackles, that being Zion Nelson, Francis Maui Safety, James Williams, and safety, Cameron Kinchins. Both guys in Kuiper's top five. For yeah, well,
1: Kuiper's number one guy in Kinchins.
0: Yeah. So they got some talent there. Um what was the receiver's name? Uh uh Refestro or something like that. He had a big game. He had like almost 200 receiving yards in the in their uh win this past weekend. I caught a little bit of that as well. Um yeah, they you know definitely seemed – they got a lot of talent for a team that really isn't that
1: great. Um so yeah, well, my, a lot of people thought Van Dyke would be a first round quarterback.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean at one point early in the season before it was before that meltdown they had <laughs> where they should have knelt it and instead you get the you get the turnover and then the uh who was it? Was that Duke that they played that
1: week? We sure played eight for 193 and in a touchdown yeah. but uh, but uh, but they've lost 3 in a row. Yeah, Miami. they're
0: just they're not the same team since that since that loss that they had. Um clock management, man. Yep then number 9 Missouri takes on Arkansas. These are ga- these games are all on Friday, mind you. So don't don't be looking for them on Saturday and then you see the the final score already. Missouri takes on Arkansas in that fake rivalry that they've tried to create there with the, the state rivalry. of Arkansas. <laughs> um uh, quarterback Chris Abrams Drain who I am I can vouch he's the truth, man. He's for real. He's an NFL cornerback. Uh probably going to be a really really good second day pick for somebody. Um he is going to be, obviously, playing in the game. And then their edge rusher, Darius Robinson. A lot in? of people think he's the best one. Yeah. Mean, you probably saw him. You saw yes. him first last week. He yes. really flies and pops. And, of yes. course,
1: Cody Schrader, another one to
0: watch. from the Yeah, same. Schrader's obviously going to be Running someone back. to watch out for. Running back for them, number seven. Um, re- again, probably a third-day guy, but got a ton of value there. Austin Eckler type. Uh, Texas Tech takes on Texas on Friday. Quinn Ewers, Xavier Worthy, Jonathan Brooks, Jatavian Sanders, all on the offense, on defense, you got Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy the second. uh, Jalen Catalan. Uh, I forgot, A.D. Mitchell. A.D. As Mitchell, well. the wide receiver. receiver. They have two there. receivers. that. A.D. Mitchell's been a guy, both of them, both Texas receivers and tight ends, has
1: been mocked to the Chiefs quite a bit. Yeah,
0: A.D. Mitchell's gotten a lot of hype for late first as well. Um, I kind of think he's going to be a second-round guy, but I could totally see somebody falling in love with him and taking him in the 20s somewhere. So uh, there's going to be a lot of value there. That Texas team is going to get – absolutely torn apart this year by the draft so steve sarkisian is going to have a big challenge next year in the sec with losing like half of his team to the draft um penn state is going to be taking on michigan state on friday as well uh two guys to really check out there i don't know if chop robinson's going to play at all in that game because he's kind of had some injury issues this year but two guys for sure you want to watch out for tackle olu fashanu who is Pretty much seems like the consensus number one uh, offensive tackle. I think he is
1: the number one tackle. And
0: then Kalen King, their uh, top cornerback, who stud
1: very oh, great defense. Yeah,
0: he's yeah he's one of the big leaders on that defense, and he's I think another guy kind of like Joey Porter Jr., true coverage uh, cornerback so, and a great tackler. Yeah, very good tackler. You definitely, I, I he's a guy that will be playing a lot on Sundays. Kaepernick is the eighth corner. Yeah, which is I think a good spot for him. Um, I think he's second-day guy. He got a little bit of first-round hype at the beginning of the year, but that's kind of waned a little bit. Um, Oregon State takes on Oregon on Friday as well. DJ Uyagale is a guy you're going to watch for on that uh, on that Oregon, Oregon State team. Also, Talisi Fuaga, a tackle that they have there. A lot of people
1: see him just climbing the charts. And Joshua Gray, so the bookend yes. tackles for Oregon State.
0: Yeah, so they've got a, a good front five on the offensive side. And, yeah, I, I see a lot of value there. Um, also, Bo Nix, quarterback for Oregon on the other side there, probably going to be a first-round pick. And then Troy Franklin, wide receiver for them.
1: Getting some Chiefs fans' attention. Yeah, watch Again, out for him. Wide receivers everywhere.
0: If you're a Chiefs fan, watch out for him because I think the value and the skill set matches up. Uh, so that's a guy you want to watch out for if I were you. Um, Ohio State takes on Michigan and that big rivalry. Michigan's taking the last two matchups there. Um on the Ohio State side, you got Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka at wide receiver. You've got Tyreek Williams, Michael Hall Jr. on the interior of the defensive line, and on the edges you got J.T. Tuiloma and Jack Sawyer. Um, then also you got Denzel Burke at DB for the uh, one of my favorites for the Ohio State. He is he's he's going to be I think he's going to be a very good corner at the professional level. On the Michigan sideline, you've got J.J. McCarthy, at quarterback, which, I mean, I might have to start taking him off this list the way he's playing right now because he's not playing that good. He's um, definitely
1: got himself out of the first round. Yeah, right?
0: I, th- I think right now he's definitely like a th- – I think he, he kind of looks like a third-rounder right now, the way he's kind of playing. He kind of reminds me of an Aiden O'Connell type guy. Uh, then you've got Blake Corm, Donovan Edwards, who, again, both are kind of losing a little bit of value there at running back. And then you got defensive tackle Chris Jenkins, who I think is going to be there in the second round. Um, Texas A and M starting on Saturday now. Uh, actually, no, the Ohio State Michigan is on Saturday too. But A and M LSU they play this Saturday, and uh, in that matchup, you've got Jaden Daniels, who could be a first round quarterback now, might end up replacing uh, JJ McCarthy as a first round quarterback. Uh, wide receiver Malik Neighbors, wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr. Guys that he's throwing to. Then on the defensive side, you have got Mason Smith and Makai Wing- Wingo playing interior defensive line. And then guard uh, Garrett Dellinger playing up front in front of Jaden Daniels. So, again, this, this LSU team is loaded with talent. Pittsburgh takes on Duke. Really only got to watch out for in that game is, uh, is Riley Leonard, quarterback there for Duke. Um, Colorado takes on Utah. Shador Sanders, who, again, might be staying. We'll see. No line. We don't know. Like, <laughs> I think there's a whole lot of playing a little bit of games there between, between uh, him and uh, his dad, Dion. So that'll be interesting. Xavier Weaver, top wide receiver, going to be someone to watch out for as well. Edge, Jonah Ellis for Utah. That's going to be someone to watch out for. I think he could be a second-day steal in the draft. Alabama takes on Auburn in the Iron Bowl. Both edge rushers obviously are, are gonna be guys to watch out for Brasswell and uh and Dallas Turner. Kool Aid McKinstry, someone to watch out for, McKinley Jackson, Malachi Moore, Terry and Arnold, uh, at corner then for them. Also uh you know, those are the you know, part uh, of that trio. The secondary, there. yeah.
1: The Malachi Moore that star, Terry and Arnold the corner yeah. on the other side, Kool Aid. Watch who they're who they're going against. Again, yes. Auburn's not a very good uh Litmus test because they did lose to uh, New Mexico State and Jerry Kill thirty one to ten at home last week. They lost to New
0: Mexico State.
1: <laughs> Jerry Kill's doing awesome, nine and three. Kill, yeah, it might be coach of the year in NCAA. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, Former I, Day Shift weekly guest. Yes, I I remember. You're you're a big fan of Jerry Kill, man. Huh? <laughs> Northwestern takes on Illinois. I mean, let's keep it a buck, man. This is not going to be a good game. No, <laughs> these teams. Northwestern suck. has played well though. They played well lately, but these teams really aren't that good um Drazon newton defensive tackle in this draft class guy to watch out for for uh for illinois keith randolph and i
1: put keith randolph on here too because he had a good year last year he got
0: he got some, he, he had a little hype going into
1: the year he's the team captain leads the nations in tackles per game among defensive tackles mm-hmm. so five and five and a half tackles a game from defensive tackle spot so that's pretty damn good
0: yeah he hasn't got quite the hype since the season started but preseason matchups i think he was also on the freaks list for for brugler as well from, uh, from the uh, athletic there. So, certainly got to watch out for. Also, Isaiah Adams, who's a tackle for Illinois, uh, going to be a guy to watch out for as well. Washington State takes on Washington and what could be the very last matchup. Uh, between these two teams, unless they work out, no, so they have worked out. The Apple Cup oh, is going to get yeah five yeah, more they? years, I think. Okay, You're that's be good.
1: Lumen Field next year, then it's going to alternate. Yeah, that's good. I know. I know. We've like some of so these. Apple going to continue. Some of these
0: matchups have kind of been pushed off to the wayside. Like it's I like this week, a little rivalries. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, yeah, you know, like Bedlam is ending for now. Obviously, I think they'll come to an agreement to play at some point. But, um, so it's it's good to see those two those two teams continue to play. Guys, you want to watch out for Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback. Then at wide receiver, you got Romo, Dunze, Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk. Uh, McMillan and Polk, I don't think played this past weekend, but they did. But Polk played, I believe. But- they did. I know McMillan's had some injury issues throughout the year, um, but if those guys are healthy, you obviously want to watch out for them. Um, it certainly looks like they've had a lot of injury issues. And yeah, in Jalen
1: Polk's one of my favorites. Yes, size, speed.
0: And they, and I think those injuries have probably contributed a lot to why uh, Penix's production has gone down the last couple weeks or so. But still, I think in, play in could the be, rain it didn't help. I think this could be an electric game from them. Washington State's really not that really, not a great team. They they got some talent though. Um, FSU takes on Florida um, now that Jordan Travis is in that, is, is injured now. I think Florida has a has a pretty good chance in this game, um, but. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the backup there and the receivers they have. They still have a ton of talent on that squad there. You Keon got, Coleman and Johnny Wilson Jr. Yep, those are the two receivers you're going to watch out for. Jaheim Plus. Bell, the tight end. Yep, Jaheim Bell is another guy you want to watch out for. Erid, edge Jared Verse is going to be someone to watch out for. Florida really to as watch well. Florida State. And then uh, you definitely want to watch Ricky Pearsall, wide receiver for Florida. Prince Lee U- uh, for, uh for Florida, their edge rusher there. Another guy to watch out for. Um, So, you know, decent talent there on the Florida side, but certainly nobody near the top. I think Princely is someone that is actually probably uh, could be a second-day guy, but I actually think is an early third-day guy. Um, Notre Dame takes on Stanford. Quarterback Sam Hartman, who I think his value has dropped. Um, Autrick the probably the top running back in the nation this year, could very well be the top running back taken in the draft in in April. Um, Joe Alt and Blake Fisher are booking think, tackles just like uh, think, Oregon state. Yeah. I think they are probably the best tandem at tackle in the country. Joe Walt's probably the number two tackle in this draft class. Blake Fisher, I think is probably going to be somewhere in the second round. Um, so good value there. That's going to be someone to watch out for. Georgia takes on Georgia tech and uh, you got Brock Bowers there. And uh, you know, we'll obviously see he just got the, he just got pre, he got a new injury now. So We'll see his status for the game. Um, Lad McConkey, though, has done a very good job in place of
1: Rising of Up. Draft charges. He is very Looking much at second round, third round now. Yes,
0: I think he's a second day guy. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of value with him. He, he's he he's definitely impressed a lot of people by coming in and basically doing everything that Brock Powers was doing before. Um, you also have Kamari Lassiter at corner and Javon Bullard at safety for for Georgia. Not quite as stacked all around as they've been, but still a great team. Um, Clemson takes on South Carolina. Two guys on that Clemson defense you want to watch out for linebacker Jamar, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., cornerback Nate Wiggins as well. Uh, I've seen Wiggins get a lot more hype here recently. I think he's probably, been a guy that I
1: pretty much hyped every week. You yeah.
0: Know. Yeah. You've been talking about a lot. I, I think both those guys are probably second round guys. Um, UNC takes on NC State. Drake May, obviously quarterback. Guy that you actually texted me about, though, this weekend. Tez Walker. he got my text to you this week. <laughs> <laughs> he's just
1: bigger. You understand he transferred to Kent State. You understand why yeah. they wanted him eligible. Because he was ruled ineligible the first couple of years. But he is a big play receiver.
0: Yes. Big play guy. Uh, he's got the size you like. And like I said, we talked about this when he first started playing after, uh, after that fiasco with the eligibility. You see why. They like Mac Brown was so adamant in getting Tez Walker out there to play. He wanted him bad, he wanted him bad, and I get it because Tez is easily the best weapon that they have on their offense right now. Um, then you've got Iowa State taking on K State, two guys watch out for Cooper Beebe tackle for them. Um, you know, I've seen him as the number two tackle in this draft class. Uh, I think it was Zach Center or what? I can't remember. Yeah, who They had moving the tackle
1: at the NFL. I, to me. He's still a guard.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, BB is a guy to to look out for. You said BB moved to tackle or Center? Well, like some of the charts have him as a
1: tackle. As a tackle. tackle.
0: Okay, I, I'm not sure about that. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, if he can move to tackle, that significantly increases his earning potential. Yeah. So I mean, that would be a good move for. If he could do it, that's great for him. Yeah, you know, that's a lot of money there. Uh, ben Sennett, guy that we both think is very professional tight end in this draft class. So someone to watch out for. And then Cal taking on UCLA. Got to watch out for. Edge rusher, Liatu Latu. My favorite edge rusher in the draft class. And someone I think has, I, I think he could be end up being the top edge rusher in this draft class. Take it, period. So a um, lot of great prospects to watch out for this It'll be a fun weekend. weekend. It's the, uh, it starts Friday.
1: And you get Saturday. Yes, Great rivalry games with good prospect list. I love
0: rivalry weekend, man. This is one of my favorite weekends of college football season. Like, seeing the interstate rivalries yeah. like that is so much fun, man. I, I love watching those teams. It, it a lot of times, hasn't been good for me lately because Florida, Florida State hasn't usually panned out very well. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good talent here. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun games. And this is going to be the last opportunity for most of these guys to show what they can do during And the most season. of them are
1: skip bowl games so
0: Yes, most of them are gonna skip bowl games. Uh, most of them will not play next weekend during championship weekend. So we'll this is the it playoffs right here. When we get there. Yes. So uh, like with that, we will keep you updated on prospects who are impressing us, who are showing what they can do, trying to improve their draft stock. We we'll keep you updated on the guys who are pretty much locked in at the very top of their positions for the upcoming NFL draft. Plus, we will also keep you up on championship weekend. Who to watch for? Who's going to go out there and do their thing and try to make themselves a little money going into next year's draft? For Jay Binkley, I'm Chris Inocero. We thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us here on the Character Concerns Podcast.